You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jenna Sargent, news editor of SD Times. Hi. Today we've got a special episode coming to you that is sponsored by Commodore and featuring Commodore CTO and co-founder Etiel Schwartz. Commodore is a company that provides ways for you to troubleshoot Kubernetes. Complexity seems to be one of the main barriers that stops companies from adopting Kubernetes or causes them to run into problems once they have already adopted it. So I'm going to be talking with Etiel about how his company is helping break down that barrier and make it easier to identify issues and ensure that Kubernetes deployments can run smoothly. He also recently just got back from KubeCon EU, so I also asked him about some of the trends he was noticing in the Kubernetes space while he was there. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Etiel. Sure. So my name is Etiel Schwartz. I'm the CTO and co-founder of Commodore, a startup designed to change how people troubleshoot Kubernetes issues and problems. Uh, we are the single platform that allows you to understand, manage, and prevent Kubernetes issues. Awesome. Nice to have you. Uh, so here. <laughs> what goes into um, troubleshooting Kubernetes? Uh, so I love to think about the word like define, divided into three things. Like the first one is to understand, like understanding that you have a problem with Kubernetes. It might sound simple, but it's much harder than you might think because Kubernetes acts on a nature that is like looking like self-filling. Uh, so a lot of the time you are not really sure if a resource that looks bad is problematic or not. And also Kubernetes has so many resources that it's hard to keep track on all of them and make sure that they work properly. Uh, the second part is investigate, understanding where the issue lies and why did it happen. Most of the time Kubernetes is spent on that area, like troubleshooting, understanding how did the cluster behave over time, how did the system behave over time, and how can we like find root cause. And the last part is the remediate part, basically fixing the issue and uh, trying to understand what should I do now that I have a problem. And in that case, in Kubernetes, it might be to add more nodes, to change the replicas, to change the config map. And basically, there, there are a lot of like different ways to solve issues in Kubernetes. Uh, so that's like on the very much uh, high level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me, especially the first point you mentioned, because it seems to me that one of the biggest barriers to Kubernetes for a lot of companies is the knowledge that's required to, to manage and operate it. So when something goes wrong, um, if you don't have the like high level of expertise, then I can mm-hmm. see it being very difficult to kind of troubleshoot where, where these issues are are springing up from yeah like i will say kubernetes like i I talk about like the monitor understand and investigate and and like and remediate kubernetes like like you said comes with a lot of moving pieces a lot of resources and a lot of resources needed in order to troubleshoot efficiently and i think that like for most people they would, would try to, to like to find and fix problem with Kubernetes. They are suddenly aware that there, there have been like so many different things in the Kubernetes cluster while running their application. Like they are a bit shocked. And 
a lot of the people don't really know how does the application works, how does the network work, how does the storage work in Kubernetes. And when everything works, you don't really care about how is service being implemented inside Kubernetes. But once you try to understand why things stop to work, you suddenly really care. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you really want to have this kind of expertise or this kind of knowledge. And it makes like a, a very big difference if you are knowledgeable in Kubernetes or if you're not. Yeah, definitely. Are there like, I know it's kind of a complicated topic and there's like so many different things that go into a Kubernetes deployment, but are there some main issues that you see time and time again that um, tend to cause problems in Kubernetes deployments? Yeah, like the the commonality here is, I think it like, I will separate it into like two, two areas. The first one is Kubernetes specific. Kubernetes application requires dozens of different resources to support it. It might be config maps, secrets, certificates, um, different kind of like storage or PVC. And misconfiguring one of those kind of resources will make your application crash or not load appropriately. And I would say like misconfiguring them or misunderstanding them is like a very big part of the problems that we are seeing, especially in the area of network, uh, such as like service load balancer, ingress, ingress controller, and so on. Uh, The second part is much more like application-based because Kubernetes allow you to change like the version very quickly because it's easy to deploy. We see companies rapidly changing their environment without really understanding the full effect of this change. And like many like Docker image that change, we see how it might cause your application not to load properly. And in that case, it's easy to understand. But what is much more common is that one application that just changed makes another application crash. So we see how like microservice dependency is a very like big root cause in, in Kubernetes troubleshooting because almost all companies have a lot of services running on the same on the same machine basically like on the same cluster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me that the fact that there are so many different components and so many different moving parts would um, would really cause a lot of these these issues to arise. Um, I want to shift gears a little here um, because I know that. Um, KubeCon EU took place recently. I know that Commodore attended. So I wanted to ask you what some of the trends were that you picked up on that were happening at the event. Yeah, yeah. yeah great question. Um, I would say there were uh, a couple of interesting trends that we saw. The first one is much related, is much more like related to us. And that is the fact that people are having issues understanding what is happening inside their cluster and trying to manage and like to to, to troubleshoot their applications. I think that we see a lot of companies moving into Kubernetes without a lot of knowledge on that. And that results in a lot of like different boots and a lot of interest about what's the best way to understand and to fix issues inside Kubernetes. And another very big trend that we saw in KubeCon and I think it's general for the industry is people migrating into Kubernetes. Like, I don't think that it comes as a shock, uh, but we see a lot of companies moving from legacy solution, if it's on-prem or not on-prem, 
into Kubernetes. And I think that we see the trend that started very small, like a couple of years ago, becoming into like a very like big, uh, a very big thing, basically, and to a to, uh, standard, the industry standard. Uh, the third like trend that I see is people trying to move more and more uh, stateful application into Kubernetes, moving databases and, and things like that into Kubernetes. And I think it's a very interesting trend. And I don't really think that most people are currently doing so, but I think most people want to have their stateful application inside Kubernetes. What are you most excited about in the Kubernetes space at the moment? Most excited, I think the adoption. Like to be honest, I think that the, the fact that everyone is trying to adopt Kubernetes is super. Like it, it is super interesting, and to see so many companies like starting to their journey into Kubernetes, I think it's like the most the the most interesting thing that that we see. And I think that the maturity of the community and the maturity of the platform itself are really growing rapidly because of that. So that is like a very interesting, uh, a very interesting thing that we see uh, that, you know, it, it excites me as someone who is working with Kubernetes for the last six years, I think, something like that. You know, seeing so many new people come into the platform, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like the adoption has been, has been really great um, these past few years. So I know that Commodore has had a like pretty successful year because um, I mean it's been like basically a year since you launched, right? And you just raised um, forty-two million in funding um, in Series B. So I wanted to ask, where does Commodore fit into the the Kubernetes space? Uh, yeah. So so the the short answer is if you are running Kubernetes, you should install Commodore. Like that's the very short answer. And I think that Kubernetes bring with at with it so much different different aspects of complexity, uh, that without a tool like Commodore, people like Dev and DevOps will be quite helpless in understanding and like fixing and managing their clusters. And I think that like that's the reason I think that you know we we got that like really great investment from great companies, like great, great VCs, because they are seeing what we are seeing. Everyone is moving to Kubernetes. No one really understands Kubernetes, and things are only going to get much, much worse um, in the near future. And, and that is why, you know, that is why we try our best to make people life much easier. Like to, we know that a lot of people are going to Kubernetes. We know that most of them don't have a chance without Commodore. And that is why we're so much focused on growing both our product and our reach out. We just launched a self-serve uh, model in Commodore so everyone can try and hook up with the, the platform. So we are investing a lot because we and our investors see this space only growing. And uh, we'll include a link to the Commodore website just in case anyone um, wants to learn more. Um, so that'll be in the show notes. Um, ah, cool, cool. So yeah, thanks for thanks so much for talking to me today. I'm I'm really happy to talking with you. 